Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Father Paul. What's up, Joey? How are you doing? You like our new intro? Yeah, I do. I do. I just so happened to have my sunglasses here and was having fun listening to that with sunglasses on. Which, if people don't know, we're on YouTube. We are. You can see it. You can see our good-looking faces on St. Anne Catholic. Um, I think that's our YouTube page. But yeah, type in St. Anne Catholic and um, you'll right. find it And uh, under Prodigal and Priests, right? So yeah. how are you doing? I'm doing good. Your weekend good? Weekend was good. Watched some golf? Watched... Watched some golf, played some golf, got nice. a lot of sun. Um, <laughs> can't tell. <laughs> can't tell because I'm wearing the cassock. There you go. But you can maybe see a burn line where I was wearing my golf glove um, with like pale hand and burnt arm. <laughs> nice. Golfer tan. Golfer tan. Yeah. Oh, it was a great weekend for sports. Besides today's news. Besides That you just news. shared with me. Yeah. I just uh, came out of a meeting. Go ahead, share with our, wait, wait. Sad news. Sad news. So it is 4.34 on Tuesday, August 11th, and both the Big Ten and the Pac-12 have postponed their football season, and all sports, but their football season to the spring. Mm. And while the AAC and the SEC had earlier declared that they were going to go on, it just makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. Is this going to <sighs> torpedo college sports? But what do you think it does to pro football? You think we have pro football? Mm-hmm. I do think we have pro football. I still think that I they'll so. encounter a lot of problems and may not finish the season, but I think they'll start. I don't think this affects that. Well, baseball is still going. Baseball is still going. I know the Cardinals are having (laughs) severe issues. They've only played five games. But, hey, everybody else, that's fine. Just eliminate the Cardinals. Sorry to all you Cardinals fans. But, yeah. 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 They can play a bunch of those double headers. Um, (laughs) Those seven inning double headers. Do like a triple header and just do five innings each. That's an embarrassment. That would be (laughs) terrible. Let's just play. Just, Just have it that one game counts for two. Why don't play one Real game that counts for two. Ooh. That would be an interesting, huh? That would be interesting. I love it. It's like a double or nothing. Yeah. Double down. Yeah. Uh. But so yeah, let me tell you about work. my weekend, all right? Please. To get into our topic. So for our listeners who don't know, I'm muting you while you drink too loud. <laughs> um, Nikki, my wife, is pregnant. 33 weeks, right? 33 weeks. Some of you know this because you've heard with, uh, you know, the baby edition and the names and different things, which little name update, right? Um, yeah, she vetoed Stella and so did the world after <laughs> our uh, listening. So we're not doing Stella. We're can, still we're still open. Go ahead. Can I just jump in real quick? Yeah. I was remembering some like Stella kind of thing when we were doing our, our name episode. Yeah. I finally figured out where that's from. Seinfeld. Yeah, it's from Seinfeld. I don't think I'd mention that on the podcast. Right. But, um, yeah, yeah, you said it was from Moonstruck, I think, right? No, I don't know what Moonstruck is. Oh, my God. I said it was from Rocky. Oh, that's right. That's what you said. It's definitely Adrian and Rocky, and then you mocked me. Yes. No, it's it's Elaine. She's like, uh, 
went to the dentist or something. I don't remember that episode that well, but I watched a lot of Seinfeld when I was younger. Right, right. So yeah, it's I think just you shared etched that in, in my memory. Yeah, a few episodes ago. So we, you know, fourth child and our changing table last time just through the eight years falling apart. We had to figure out a new one. So our mother-in-law, my mother-in-law watched the kids and we go to Ikea. Mm. You ever been to Ikea? Only in Rome. Okay. Well, we got to nice. go on it. Okay. We got to go on a trip to Frisco. It's nice. Don't Did worry. Did you eat there? No, the dining hall is closed right now oh, because yeah, COVID. of COVID. Yeah. Remember that thing <laughs> called a pandemic? Okay. So first off, the place, if it's anything like Rome, you go through and you have to go through all these areas, find your thing, finally get to the end part where kind of the baby stuff is. We find the changing table we were looking mm-hmm. for. You go down, downstairs then, you get a cart in this like little warehouse almost looking area. You get your cart, you pick up your thing in like bin number 17, aisle yeah. 20, yada, yada. So we're in line. Lines are very long. It's the weekend. I got a pregnant wife, 33 weeks. There's a line to the left of us that only has about two or three people in it, but there's a large sign at the end of the line that says, this lane closed. Mm. And the light is off. Mm. All the other, you know, all the other lights are on because those people are open. And there's this man with his family that just walk, they, they, he sees the sign. He looks the sign straight in his eyes. And he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. And he goes to the line. Well, we're in a line with like 15 people deep. Mm-hmm. And he looks at it. He, I mean, he has his kids there and his wife. None of them say anything. They all see the sign. Mm. And he stands in that line and goes through. Gets past everybody, all of that, you know. They don't kick them out of the line, even though the cashier saw it. I, I saw the look of the cashier where it's like, you saw the sign that says I'm closed and you mm-hmm. you came in here. And, and, you know, he did one of those things like, oh, what's this for sale up here? My cart's here. You know what I mean? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. And my blood is still boiling, if you can't still tell. Still boiling. Now, there's many things about me that people come to know. And one of them is that um, at times I have high anxiety and people with high anxiety actually are triggered often by points of injustice. Mm. And I wanted to talk about this point of because me and my wife actually talked about it because I was starting, you know, I'm that guy over there like, all right, bud, must, must be nice to not play by the rules. You know, like I'm, I'm the one who's starting to escalate his voice. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I said to Nikki, I was like, I want to go over and say something to him. She's like, Why we're in Ikea. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm like, you're pregnant. We're waiting in a line. I, like, yeah, I'm starting yeah. to get an argument with my okay. wife in the Ikea line because the guy, you know, mm-hmm. cut the line. The injustice. I know it sounds small, but it's like, man... You're waiting in this forever line and you're like, just that person gets to do that. All's fine. All's forgiven. You know, like what am I supposed to do? Like they say in the Bible and turn my cheek, said not seven, but seven times 77 or no, that's forgive. That's but a whatever. Nice, little, nice little mashup a of mashup. biblical <laughs> verses. <laughs> but you know what I mean? 
Which, in addition, I just want to say, I was already in a bad mood because did you, in Rome, use a cart when you went to Ikea? Yes. Ikea also has the second point I want to talk about, which causes me to lose my patience, the most infuriating carts in the world. Mm. They're carts, all the wheels move. Mm. So like a shopping cart, the front two wheels pivot, but the back wheels are locked. Yeah. Right? So you can turn stability. It's a it's literally like you're like on ice, you're skating, it's running into your foot. I'm like, <laughs> what am I doing in this store? I literally I I needed confession after going to IKEA, if you can't tell. It's rough, man. <laughs> it was hashtag rough. You know you can order that stuff online. Okay. Don't even start here. <laughs> So now that we're 10 <laughs> minutes into the podcast with my Ikea story from not heaven, but the other place, you know, mm. um, I would just like, and part of it is for me, I'm sure you deal with it in confession. I'm sure you deal with it in spiritual direction or different times you talk to people. What do you do? Two topics. What do you do first when you encounter an injustice? And I know that wasn't that dramatic of an injustice, mm-hmm. but we encounter it every day, right? The guy who yeah. cuts the line on the freeway. Just the thinking guy, of that guy. Right? You know, like the the person who, you know, makes their way over here to get, you know, you know all different things. Yeah. Goes up the median or whatever. Um, yes. Blows past everybody. Yeah. Or obviously it's a, you know, they put up cones and it's going to be a, a merge lane or something like that because maybe there was an accident right the guy skirts around the whole thing and then yeah. forces way in yeah or everybody's stuck in traffic uses the shoulder that only like that's medical- what i meant by median oh, i just okay. couldn't think of the word i was like wait <laughs> sure median whatever um i mean what do you do in those situations are we even called to worry about those mm. called to worry <laughs> are we implored by our faith to worry about the situations of Ikea when we look a man in the eye and say, you cut the line, you will answer for this in purgatory. <laughs> Which purgatory will be me trying to get an Ikea cart <laughs> that's right. moved around all of purgatory. Because that's mountain. how infuriate <laughs> Up a mountain. That's how infuriate Anybody, please, please comment with me. Are Ikea carts not the most frustrating things in the world? I have no recollection. Okay, of the we're IKEA going card. there to just film you using an <laughs> IKEA card in the cassock. Go ahead, okay. my blood's boiling still. Good, yeah. Okay, first of all, I'm laughing <laughs> at you, but um, and with you, and with me, but also at you, um, but not because I can't relate. Like I definitely know exactly what you're talking about. I'm sure everybody does. Um, and I think it's kind of a universal human thing, but I also think it's a really specifically American thing. Mm. So I want to counter your story with just a general story about living in Italy for seven years. I love it. Italians do not understand the concept of a line. Yeah, they're the worst. And it drives <laughs> American tourists insane. And it drove me insane too until it just beat me down for years and years and then and i started just became part of it and i just became part of it and i was never comfortable with like the sidle up to the front kind of thing because i do think in terms of a line but like honestly after observing it for long enough i really don't think italians like just speaking very broadly 
have that concept because we would be standing there, we would form a line and then dude would just like walk up and stand at the front and he wasn't doing like the, the sneaky sidle up, like <laughs> just like full, just walked up looking around. What's going on y'all? Like nothing. Just no, <laughs> no. Concept have you ever of, seen Americans be like, excuse me? Yes. There's a line. Yeah. Oh, and I, here's another little, little anecdote before I get into my response. Yeah. Uh, I had to use my clericalism one time to cut a huge line at St. Peter, at St. Peter's out in the square. We were serve. I was not a priest yet, but I was a seminarian and I was serving. So I was dressed in my cassock. Right. There was some mass in there. I forget what it was. And we had to get in there to be able to serve for mass, but we couldn't go the priest route, which was through the back gate and the sacristy and all that. Right. Um, so, Wait, why couldn't you go that route? I don't know. Some it just it depends. Okay, like, go for it. <laughs> if the Swiss guards see somebody they know, then they're like, "All right, come on in." Some days, yes. Some days, no. It's all right, 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 whatever. Right. So, anyway, a huge line stretching all around St. Peter's Square, and there's different little pockets of seminarians. There were a whole lot of seminarians who were serving for this thing. Different little pockets spaced throughout the line, mm-hmm. and then. My pocket of seminarians uh, was pretty far back. I guess we were running late. And we realized, like, we're not going to make it. But we actually have to be there early to serve. Like, we can't walk in late. That's not going to work. Right. And so we got out of line. It's super uncomfortable. Like, I'm, I'm very much a rule follower, too. Not only am I American in my culture... And so these things really do bother me, but I'm very much a rule follower. Right. It makes me like physically uncomfortable to do something like that. So we got out of line and we strolled up past everybody and then just did the Italian thing. Didn't even look at the people behind us. Just like snuck right into the front, walk through. And I know that there were so many people in that line who were just looking like, oh my I cannot believe it. And you were just speaking in Italian so they wouldn't know you were American. (laughs) The state of the church today. The state of the church. And and I was like, did I cause anyone to lose their faith? Have I scandalized people? Probably. Priest (laughs) privilege, clericalism. Anyway, so those are are my anecdotes. Um, But the point of those anecdotes was that there is something about our concept of justice and the enforcement (laughs) of... uh, Every, of punishment, right? retributive justice yeah. against every little injustice. Uh, there's something about our particular American understanding of that that I think heightens everything. Mm. And that in some other cultures, it's not quite the same way. Think of the way we treat time as well. Okay. Like what being on time means here versus other places. Um, my real answer to all this is like... I should have gone up to the guy. And picked a fight. <laughs> yes. I, you like, should have gone, slapped the item out of his hand in front of his whole family. No. <laughs> um, flipped his basket like Jesus flipped the table in, you know, the money. Right. Yeah, you know, in the temple. My Yes. L- let me explain the Bible story to <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> sorry. I'm trying to give my answer here. Okay, go um, ahead. Go ahead. I have, I have two answers. The first is like, we have to be able to make a simple evaluation of... Uh, two things. First, 
how grave is this really? And second, do I have any power and responsibility to actually change things? Hmm. Cause it like that evaluation, that sort of like flow chart, <laughs> um, mental flow chart, right. That affects everything about how we respond. Um, yeah. And like the case you described, no and no. Oh, <laughs> and it's not to say not so a big you're deal for saying you. Saying there's but, a chance. <laughs> no, no, it's like okay, grand scheme of things, not a not a grave injustice. Very frustrating, especially in the moment. Yeah, but not the kind of like injustice that I should actually uh, commit myself to finding a way to stop. Right, right, um, right. Like, like you're, there, you're not going to like lobby to Congress. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, or even a more yeah. tangible thing. I remember a coworker who shared a story about their child playing, um, not little league soccer. I don't know what soccer is called, but young kid soccer. And another parent on one of the things was literally cursing out his own kid. Mm-hmm. And they went up to him and were like, Hey dude, I just, you know, I want you to know, like kind of everybody can hear you. Like your child doesn't deserve yeah. that. You shouldn't, you know, that's, that's a different case. Yeah. That's, that's a example. different case. And we can get into that. I would call that fraternal correction. Right. Basically. Um, and that's a really important thing. It's often neglected. So, but like in, in the case where you can't do anything and it's not that big a deal, like response is to pray. Um, yeah, that's terrible advice. It is terrible <laughs> advice, but it's like, what else can you do? It's true sphere of influence or whatever the thing is circle of influence sphere circle. 3d we're into 3d yeah, shapes here yeah, spheres right. not circles um that's just so hard in that moment oh, it like, is I, so hard like i mean i just want to show our, our listeners that like we're human people that is like i'm not so- <laughs> i did not want to pray for that man i still really don't want to pray for that man i want that man to be cut in line 900 times yeah <laughs> and then have to stand in a line in purgatory yeah <laughs> But so like, so like, here's the thing, um, like what else, okay, given your options, what else can you do, but try your hardest to assume in charity that there is some mitigating circumstance, whether ignorant, I, I know, right, I know right, it's, right, it's crazy it's and it, yep. it's like, really, I know exactly what's going on here, but like, what else can you do in that situation? And that actually is a good rule, uh, principle for us as Christians is to do our best yeah. always not, not to be naive. That's not what I'm saying at all, but to do our best always to assume charity because we can't see the other person's heart. Right. That's like a, an essential component to growth and humility, which is one of the hardest things constantly for us to do. Yeah. And these occasions are really great opportunities yeah. <laughs> where uh, did I tell you where he went though? Mm-hmm. After he checked out, there's the, the little food line right in front yes. then. To get a like Cinnabon or whatever uh-huh. or a dollar hot dog. Yeah. Yep. Went and stood in that. So I guess he was like, you know. You don't have to understand yep. it. Yep. If you yep. can't control it, you just have just to. Just thought I'd add that to yep. the story for, yep. for uh, fun information <laughs> for everybody listening. Um, but what would an example so, be though? Yeah, yeah. Like somebody's probably saying, okay, well, okay, okay you know, so driving, that. you're yeah, not going to do it, you know, in a line. It's not like, my job to like honk my horn and let them know. You did it um, wrong, buddy. or like freak out and swerve and cut them off for retribution. Like that's that's not the good response. That's right. what everybody wants to do. Right. You want like a rocket launcher to do or something. Rocket. I don't know. Right. 
But what would be but, a, does anything come to mind? Cause I'm struggling a little bit too, being like, okay, well, what, what are we called to step into then? Yeah. Okay. So then like, okay, let's, let's take us another sort of extreme and then we'll get to the middle. Okay. Um, there's plenty of things, plenty of situations where injustice can take place in your life. Um, where it happens, say, to somebody that you're responsible for, hmm. um, where you very clearly have the ability and the responsibility to step in and to write it. Like if, um, you know, if if this guy was like talking bad to your kids, right. say like Tom took this personally right. and was like, hey, you're cutting in line. Then this guy started berating him or something. Right. Yeah, completely inappropriate. And definitely your responsibility to right. step in and to stop that. Like that, that seems pretty easy. Yes. Um, and I think that's the case, like in whatever sort of sphere of your life where you have responsibility for somebody in some way, those are, those are much easier to see. The harder ones are where it's like, mm. well, I don't really, but I can do something. Should I say something like those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And and then there was a priest one time who said uh, our ability to communicate is directly proportional to the level of intimacy that we have with somebody. Mm. And what that means is like when you're considering should I say something right now? Right. You have to consider how is it going to be received. Right. Um, and that's not the only consideration. Sometimes we have to say things that are more prophetic, right? That aren't received well, right? but we have to say it. Um, but if you're, if you're really looking for like change in the moment, that's something, okay, do I know this person at all? How would they hear it coming from me? Right. What is, is, is now the right time? Right. Um, the gospel passage that I don't remember what chapter or verse it's in. Um, but probably like, Matthew. But like, yeah, it probably is. But like, take them aside first, right? One on one. Like, that's a good pattern for, uh, yeah, fraternal correction. Take them aside if they don't listen. Bring a couple others. Right, right, right. But not to you know, cause a scene in the right. middle of an IKEA. Right. Um, but like, if you knew the guy, yeah, or even knew him a little bit, that's probably enough intimacy to be like, hey, man, that wasn't cool. Like, yeah, you're right. What's going on? Because, right. you know, charity is, is is not just assuming good things about people's hearts, but it's it's really willing the good for others. Right. And so with any kind of personal correction that we issue, that has to be our motive mm-hmm. is is desiring their good. Right. Um, yeah, on a large scale, like this is the other thing, and I don't know how much time we have, but... Go um, for it. But like when it comes to to like large scale social injustices, right? Because that's another big category. Yeah. Um, what am I called to do? And it's it's really the same kind of calculus that applies. Like, what right. ability do I have? And what influence do I have? All this. Do I? Is this something that is so grave that I need to actually change my situation so that I have more ability and influence? Right. Um, or is this something that 
um, I can really only offer prayer and support or something like that. Yeah, prayer fasting. You yeah. Know, that type like there's a lot that we can do. And we shouldn't underestimate the spiritual as like, oh, you know, it's not really doing anything. That's the, to, to say. Pop up. out praying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To, no. I mean, yeah. it, it can be if you're just like, oh yeah, I'll pray for you. Cause you don't want to deal with the situation. Right. Like that's not good. But if you actually can't do anything yourself to change it, right. but you're struck by the injustice, then like, yeah, pray fast. Um, yeah. It's the, to, to cite a, a title of kind of a famous spiritual book, prayer is the soul of the apostolate. Yeah. Like that's what gives all of our works meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, so Is that from St. Therese? No. Yeah. Oh. I, I, I try, forget the guy's I name who like wrote really it. I tried to be like really smart right there. And I'm going to be judged for forgetting it because it's a really famous book. But um, nice. If if any of our listeners know, email us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could just look it up on no, my phone. No, but, we cannot. Um, yeah, I kind of think that's all I have to say about that. Like, no, it's, it's I, frustrating to be told, like, you know, right. maybe it isn't for you to fix this. It's also frust or scary to be told it actually, you know, it kind of is for you. Like sometimes, yeah. we don't want to speak up. Right. When we really should. Yeah. It's like that whole, there was some type of, we learned in one of my psychology classes, there was one of those um, studies done where there was a kid riding a bike down the street Mm. being chased by like a pit bull or something. Okay. Mm. And I'm not anti pit bulls for anybody that's listening, but like chased by some dog, ferocious dog past all these people, neighbors out doing their lawn and this and that, yelling, help, help, help. Until she said and looked at somebody in the eye and said, you help me. Like Mm. past like 15, 20 people that didn't help her. And it was all like, somebody else will say something. Mm -hmm. Somebody else will do that. And I think we think that a lot of times too. Like somebody else will do it. I don't have to. I really don't have to say that to them, you know? There are cases we're called to stand up and say something. And that might be more often than we think. I still don't think it was like Ikea. Yeah, Ikea wasn't. I'll give you that. But but like, I mean, that's that's part of the the courage of being a Christian. Um, Yeah. And you don't know this part about being married, but like. My wife, I, I had so much tension in my hand and the ball, like my, my, my fist in a ball, you know, wives will do this thing where you're like driving the car cause it's complete silence and we're not fighting, but like, I was just so like mm-hmm. riled up. Like, you know, I kept on trying to escalate my voice being like, I want to say something, but I'm a Christian, but being like, must be nice <laughs> to <aggressive>. be <laughs> checking out right now, man, wish my wife wasn't, you know pregnant waiting in line like everybody else you know all these mm-hmm. things but she did the like she slid her hand over to be like it's okay honey She's like, like holding hand my tap. hand yeah like holding the hand your tap. bald fist yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i will have my vengeance <laughs> no i didn't say that but you know i, I, I did, did kind of want to find them in the parking lot and say something <laughs> go ahead i, I did want to say one more thing because at the very beginning of this episode you mentioned like anxiety and how anxiety can can mm. escalate um, our reaction to injustice. To injustice in general, um, and somebody somewhere I don't have any details on this. Just a memory I know is a conversation I had in like we'll the just last say it was week. JP two. Well, last it was week. a conversation oh, I had okay. with somebody okay. last week. Sure, <laughs> great. 
Somebody somewhere told me uh, the other day um, something about like our, okay, so our ability to communicate right now, greater, more instantaneous than anything we've ever seen in the history of the world. It's incredible. Um, But our ability to affect things outside of like use of social media and that kind of stuff, you know. Our ability to affect things on a personal level uh, is still the same. And that means that our sphere of concern over all the problems of the world uh, has now grown so far beyond our actual sphere of influence. Mm. And that distance between the two spheres, they said, that causes anxiety. Like it. it greatly contributes to anxiety. It exacerbates the situation because, like, not only are you perceiving the injustice on a worldwide scale, but you can't affect it directly as an individual, right? Depending on what what issue we're talking about, there are, you know things you can do, and social media has power, and and as we said, prayer is is very powerful as well. Um, far more so than <laughs> social media. Right. Um, but, but like just that distance between, I see like, uh, you know, let's just go strong example, like genocide in, on another continent. Right. This great injustice. Yeah. And I can do nothing to stop it. Like that perceived distance or that perception of the injustice and the realization of my sphere of influence being exactly what it was before. Yeah. Um, that's something we need to be aware of because that's that happens all the time. And I don't know how to fix that except to just never check the news. And that's not a good solution either. <laughs> um, right. And so, like, we need to be... I, I think, like, this is this is a place where just the recognition of the situation mm-hmm. is... is helpful for understanding the way we re- we react to certain things. Yeah. Cuz like if I can't fix that terrible situation, um maybe it causes me to overreact about other things. Right. That are kind of within my sphere of influence. Yeah. Right? And to import some of the the broader sense of of injustice. Yeah. No, that's down great. Onto this. That's that's a great reflection on it. It's very applicable to where we're at in our world right now. Yeah. So, all right. What you uh, watching, reading, thinking? I'll start, um, you know, uh, watching sports. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, my wife listens to this podcast called, um, what is it, The Office Girls or something. It's two people from who were in The Office, Pam and Angela. Mm-hmm. have a podcast and talk about each episode of the office. And, um, I don't Did you watch the office? Yeah. Okay. So, um, she'll rewatch those episodes and after they talk about the insight to the mm-hmm. episode. And so been watching that with her and, uh, um, I want to recommend this book, although I'm not reading it right now. It just, it feels like it's pertinent to what we're talking about. Searching for and maintaining peace by father Jacques Philippe. Mm. Um, really good book. I yeah. want to just recommend that for people that, um, it says, you know, um, looking for that peace in their heart. Um, 
and I just think it gives good practical things. It was recommended to me. Um, shoot, I don't even know by a therapist, somebody, and it it, it was a great book. It, it really helped me a lot. Um, mm. What am I thinking is why can't they just be normal shopping carts? <laughs> You're up. I wish we could just end on that thought. It was well delivered. Drop um, the mic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what am I watching? Golf, sports, yeah. Mavs. Probably going to watch some hockey too, just because. Yeah. Stars start the playoffs. Yeah, the playoffs, playoffs tonight. Uh, like right now, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, we got to stop working. No. Yeah. What are we even doing? <laughs> Confessions are canceled tonight so I can watch the stars. Um, What am I reading? Uh, I haven't read it yet today, but I have a book of like collected, what do you call them, primary source Franciscan writings. So stuff that St. Francis wrote and St. Clair wrote. And since Mm. it's St. Clair's feast day, I wanted to to flip through that and find something interesting. Um, She's awesome. Yeah, she is. She is awesome. Um, that's why we named just oh our second, yeah yeah so yeah and what am i thinking um i should have worn sunscreen yesterday it's i mean it's a okay so first of all let me, let me preface this yeah it's not sinful that i didn't wear sunscreen but there is a right. great analogy with like the freely willed sin in it because my buddy was putting on like spray sunscreen, one of right. the guys I play golf with, um, and was like, "Do you want some?" I said, "Nah, I'm good." Knowing full well, that I was going burned. to get sunburned, and <laughs> like be tired and like all the things. Yeah, um, dehydrated. Yeah, and I chose that, and I don't know why. Yeah. Sin doesn't make sense either. Watch somebody after this episode be like, oh, we want to send Father Paul aloe, aloe vera. Like, this is the stuff we get, people, okay? We don't need it. We don't need it. Well, I mean, I only have one bottle of aloe vera, I think, left over from some other sunburn. All right, it's time to go. All right. Well, thank you for joining Prodigal and the Priest. Um, just a reminder, if you got questions, make sure to reach out on our Gmail account, prodigalandthepriest at gmail.com or our website, stanamparish.org slash PTP. Um, on behalf of uh, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter, take care. God bless. <laughs>